0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. You will grow spiritually when you allow him to do the purging in your life that only he can do. And too many of us are these pseudo physicians and we're the ones trying to fix our hearts and we're not going to be able to do it. You have responsibilities involved in it. You need to be at church. You need to spend time with the Lord. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to live life in community. You you need to be doing things, but there are some things that only He can do. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Today we will be studying from the book of Colossians in the New Testament. And while we call it a book, it was really a letter originally written to people in a city called Colossae by the Apostle Paul. The reason Paul wrote this letter is because the members of this church were new to the Christian faith, and they had many questions. They wanted to know what the gospel was, what they should do with old traditions from their community and faith, and how this newfound faith should impact their lives. The same thing this letter did for those so many years ago, it will do for us today. It will inform us, challenge us, and guide us towards what the gospel really is and how it can impact our lives. Please enjoy the message. decided to cancel the the ministry that on that particular day you just can't do that we haven't communicated again with people and it also it affects a lot of people he didn't have the authority just to make that decision and so I'm frustrated but I tell him I'm like I I just say okay you need to call the parents and let them know because people are going to be showing up and they're going to expect something that isn't there and then again we weren't ahead of the game like we should have been so I realize on Sunday church goes fine I realize I've got to deal with this Because I can't just have somebody just canceling things that affect a lot of people. And he hasn't even consulted with the people that it affects. And so Monday comes around. And as problems often go, this problem just continues to grow inside of me. And I'm getting more and more frustrated. I'm getting angry about it. And I haven't even been able to have that conversation yet. And so I'm realizing that I've probably got this thing escalated in my head past where it should be but I know it's still an issue. So I'm at a coffee shop on a Monday morning, I'm reading my Bible, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna address this because I got a meeting in the afternoon. And as I'm reading through some scriptures and I'm flipping through and I'm praying, trying to find guidance, I come upon this passage in Colossians 3 and this promise that God has given us that I've been raised up, I've been raised up And I get to view everything that is happening in my life and in this world from God's perspective. And guess what? When you go up to that perspective, all of a sudden, that problem seems much, much smaller. So I knew I needed to address it and I sat down with him and I just said, you know, like, look, we and I, I just approached it from a standpoint. I realized that where I was at wasn't where, how I needed to address this problem and I just said, you know what? I really need you to think about when you make a decision like this, how it affects other people. And he heard me and he thought, and he, said, he just said, he thought about it for a moment. And he said, you know what? You're right. That wasn't a good decision. I should have talked to you about it. I should have talked to some other people about it. And it was over with just like that but if I would have gone into it where I was at that morning just being frustrated and angry and kind of upset and feeling disrespected and taking it very personal I wouldn't have approached it such in a coach in a coach from a standpoint of hey I'm just going to coach this person up and help him going forward because it's a thing but it's not nearly as big of a thing as I'm making it out to be and you've got something like that going on, I bet. You've had something like that happen. You're gonna have something like that happen. And what you're frustrated about, angry about, dealing with is a thing. And you need to deal with it. But you probably need to approach it more from a standpoint of not being, not being angry and frustrated and mad and taking it personal. And instead, moving into that conversation and saying, I'm gonna give this person a chance. Because that's what God has done with every single one of us. And when we allow ourselves to be raised up to that perspective, then we all of a sudden look at things a whole lot differently and we're able to be compassionate and merciful and gracious and forgiving and helpful to others, whereas in other cases we wouldn't have been. And that's one of the big problems with the world today. Is they're viewing everything in front of them like it's this massive problem. And it is a problem, but there's always hope when you allow yourself to be raised up. Second Corinthians says this, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. And so we're gonna look at everything from a heavenly, eternal perspective. If you do that, you will grow. It will require a little bit of faith but you will grow because you're trusting that situation to God, and guess what? Then you don't have to worry about saying something that you're gonna regret, doing something that you're gonna regret, messing up a relationship, maybe losing a good employee, maybe losing a good friend, compromising a relationship with a spouse or even with a child. So Paul goes on. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these anger and rage and malice and slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. And so again, First two chapters lay out the gospel and then we turn that corner into chapter three and he lays out this list of things that we need to avoid. There are times in the Bible when the Bible just describes the things that we do that we shouldn't do as a mistake, as a shortcoming, as a sin. But there is something special, something unique about each of these things being listed. It's a lot harder for us to deny the existence of lust when it's literally listed right there. Yeah, we all agree that sin and mistakes and shortcomings are a thing, but, but when, it's, when you read up here greed is a problem, now we start to look at it all a little bit differently. And these are all worldly desires. And the second great growth instigator that you can have in your life is what I would call worldly purging. It's just simply acknowledging that these desires, this anger, this lying, this sexual immorality, this lustfulness, this whatever it may be, greed and on and on we can go, is something that we need to push out of our heart, push out of our minds, and acknowledge that that's not right. First John says, if we say that we do not have any sin, we are deceiving ourselves and we're not being truthful to ourselves. And there's this, there's this issue that we acknowledge that we have to deal with. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. Now, if you'll notice at the first of that passage there in Colossians 3, Paul said, put it to death. The Greek word there is... Necro, necrosate, to, which means to make dead. Often when it comes to these types of shortcomings, what we do is we just try to push it away. We try to minimize it, mitigate it in our lives, but we don't literally make it dead. It's like, a, it's like a movie where the villain always keeps coming back to life. And they think the villain's dead, but the villain's not. You have to kill the villain like three times in movies these days for the villain to actually be dead. And that's how we often approach sin. We don't want to really kill it. We don't really want to get rid of it. And so it kind of lingers in our lives. It lingers maybe even a little bit more than it ought to. Put on the new self, then Paul goes on, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, sectarian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And he says, you put on this new self. You're depending on Jesus. You're not gonna do it all on your own. You can't make it be dead on your own. Some of you know this, some of you don't. So I had about about 10 days ago, I had a knee surgery. It was arthroscopic, my meniscus. And here's how all that developed. Um, About two years ago, I was just trying to have one last hurrah with basketball and I tried the dunk. And so, and I think I might have, I can't really remember, I might have did it, but I also did a few other things in the process and I, I messed up my knee. I really didn't know what I did. It felt funny. Um, And I've never had any major injuries when it comes to sports and being active in life. So this was something I just felt like it would be like any other injury and it would just gradually get better. And it did, for a little while, get better. I iced it, I did some exercises with it and it got a little better. But then the pain just kept coming back and the pain would gradually grow around my knee. So it was in the front, it was on the sides and then it was on the back. It didn't make any sense to me, but then it would get better for a few months. Then it would kind of get aggravated again and get better and get aggravated. It didn't make any sense to me what was going on until I went to the doctor. And the doctor said, it was an orthopedic, he said, look, here's what's happened. He said, some time ago, you tore your meniscus. And what's happened after that tear is that you have gradually have kept micro-tearing it again and again and again and again. And now, and I was at the point where I just said, now it's not getting any better. That's what I told him. And and I've said, I'm icing it. I'm doing exercises. I'm resting it. Nothing I do is helping it. And he said, yeah, it's it's not going to. Because your meniscus, when it tears, it doesn't get better. It just continually gets worse until you fix the problem. But here's the thing. He said, you can't fix the problem. You've got to have somebody like me go into your knee to fix the problem. And that's, and that's what he did, so they go in, they went in, They two little holes into the side, another one from the back, and they go in, he cleaned off scar tissue off my ACL, he cleaned out quite a bit of the meniscus, and they, they suck it out after they shave it off, the part that's been torn, and, and then they say over the next you know, two months, I just gotta try not to regress. Um, but without that surgery, it wasn't getting better. And last time I checked, I'm not a surgeon. I would have never been able to do that. And that's what Jesus does to your heart. And I've seen it again and again and again, and I just heard about another instance this past week in which a friend of mine from years ago had a behavior, had a thing in their life that shouldn't have been there, just like that list that we just read from Colossians 3, and he managed that problem. For 30 years, he managed it. He managed that sin for 30 years until there came a point in which nothing he could do could fix it, and it finally got the best of him. Just like my knee, there just came a point in which nothing I could do could make it better, and now he's divorced, and, and the problem was drinking. He managed the alcohol for a while, decades even, but there just got to be a point in which he wasn't gonna be able to fix it anymore. He couldn't mitigate that problem anymore, and I've seen it, people's anger, I've seen it. if you don't deal with it, you can manage it, but then you get in your 50s and your 60s and maybe you have a spouse that just says, I'm tired of this, I don't wanna deal with it anymore. I, I don't feel safe around you. You got kids that don't wanna have a relationship with you. You've got, you can't keep a job because you don't know how to work with people. Maybe it's a, Maybe it's some type of a drug. Maybe it is something that's sexual in nature. Maybe it's just a lack of trust, like you just don't trust people and you just sabotage everything. Because yeah, you know, you get into it a year or two and then it starts to get a little, you actually get to that point where you have to deal with tension and conflict. But you, you never learned how to deal with tension and conflict. You don't give anybody a chance. You don't give anybody the benefit of doubt. And there just comes this point in which you just bail. And there's just a pattern after pattern after pattern of that. With friends, with family, with workplaces, with churches. There's just a pattern. There comes a point at which you have to allow the great physician to do the healing on your heart that only he can do. And this is a picture of my meniscus and everything that was going on inside of there that was torn and broken up and whatnot. And this is a verse in which Jesus takes that heart of ours and he fixes it. Because he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. You will grow spiritually when you allow him to do the purging in your life that only he can do. And too many of us are these pseudo physicians and we're the ones trying to fix our hearts and we're not gonna be able to do it. You have responsibilities involved in it. You need to be at church. You need to spend time with the Lord. You need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to live life in community. You you need to be doing things, but there are some things that only he can do. The third thing that we find here is a holy motivation for a growth instigator, for a growth instigator in your life. And what do I mean by holy motivation? Well, let's look at this passage here. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And what he is telling us here in this passage is that Jesus needs to be our motivator. You can read in the Bible again and again, that there are just these things that we are supposed to do because of what God has done to us. Forgive, because you've been forgiven. Love, in the same way that Christ has loved you. That's a holy motivation, and that's very, very important. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Let me illustrate it for you this way. Give me a second, right, before you jump on those keys. <laughs> so, imagine it like this. Um, hypothetically speaking, I come home one day and I sit down and I turn on ESPN, okay? Hypothetically speaking, so I come home from being at the church and I've been, you know, doing my sermon thing, dealing with a few little problems that come up, maybe following up with some things that are on the, you know, have come through the prayer chain, whatever it might be. I sit down and I start doing this. Well, my wife's been at home all day long, as she is every day, and she's working hard, she's making sure that dinner's gonna be prepared, she's trying to clean the house, she's making sure the kids' homework is done, and not to mention every, everything else that's kind of popping up and going on, and then we have family coming and staying with us that night. Well, I'd come in, I come in, I, lay, I sit down in the chair, I start flipping through the channels, I'm just trying to take a load off for a few moments. Well, she's a bit stressed out. She hasn't had a chance to clean the bathroom, the bathtub specifically. You wanna create and offer a good home or good environment for your guests to come into. Well, she sees me in there on the TV. She's stressed out about everything that she's had to do. She comes in to the living room. And this is really hypothetically speaking. She would never do this. (laughs) Do not get me in trouble. She would not do this. But she walks into the living room with the bucket and a sponge and she says, "What are you doing?" I'm like I'm watching TV. The bathroom hasn't been cleaned yet. I've been slaving over this meal, making sure the kids' homework is done. I had to go pick up the kids today. I had to drop off the kids today. I've got family coming in to stay with us. I've been cleaning the house. The bathroom isn't done yet. What are you doing? You don't do anything around here. Why don't you ever take care of the homework? Why don't you ever cook the meal? Don't you know how hard that is? And then she flings the bucket at me. Well, I can either get mad back at her, or what, what I would do in that moment is I'd uh, get really mad and I just storm up the steps and in our house and go into that bathroom and I'd grab that bucket and put soap in it and water and I'd start scrubbing the tub and I'd be like, they don't appreciate anything I do for them. What do they mean I don't do anything around here? They don't know what I do around here. That's what I would I'd be so mad and angry, but I would do what I was supposed to do. I would clean that tub. And I'd be mad about it and frustrated and be upset I'm missing out on whatever was on sports. It's just terrible. (laughs) Now imagine I come home from work, my shoulders are tense and I'm frustrated and stressed out over whatever it is that I'm dealing with. And I sit down in the chair and I turn on the TV and then I hear a few steps behind me and it's my wife. And instead of her yelling at me, She comes over and throws those hands on my shoulders and starts rubbing on them. Just rubbing my shoulders. Oh my goodness, I'm about to fall asleep here. She's rubbing my shoulders. And then she brings it on up into the ears, which is really whenever you take that massage to a whole nother level. She's getting the ears now. She's getting the ears. And then she leans over into my ear and she says, honey, I just want you to know how much I love you and I appreciate you and thank you for everything you do for our family and I have made your favorite dinner tonight all the kids homework done it Not the most of the house is clean but baby I haven't had a chance to get to the tub yet would you would you care to take this bucket and sponge upstairs and take care of the tub for us before my family gets here well, I'm, I'm like, oh, sure. Yeah, you bet. Man, I got this meal. Woo, all right. And, and this is great. And then, she, and then she said, you can come on back down afterwards and watch that show of yours. Well, I'm going to grab that bucket and that sponge. I'm going to run up those steps to do, do, do like a gazelle. Boom, 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 up those steps. I'm in there. I'm in that bathroom. And I'm like, she loves me. Yes, she loves me. This is the greatest family ever. I married the right woman. Woo-hoo. <laughs> There's just something in us that changes when we feel that kind of love, right? Man, so many of us approach our faith and what God wants from us like he's this angry father that is just browbeating us. You don't do anything. You don't appreciate what I do for you. Get over there and do it right. Do it the way I want you to. That's not the way God's approached us. He's come at us and said, I love you so much, I'm gonna give my son for you. I love you so much that even though you mess up and make mistakes and sin, I'm not gonna treat you as your sins deserve. I love you so much that there's just gonna be perpetual mercy and grace and compassion that I'm gonna pour out into your life and into your heart. And I'm giving all of that to you in the name of Jesus. And if you would just do this thing for me, I'm going to bestow upon you glorious riches upon glorious riches upon glorious riches. And you have been raised up with Jesus as a result of that. And that's what we got. But if you listen to the world, you'll forget that. Because all the world wants to tell you is is that you are going to miss out You're going to miss out on the party you're going to miss out on a little more money you're going to miss out on getting even you need to be better but God's saying you don't have to be that way you don't have to live that way you don't have it doesn't have to be that way and I have given you an example to follow that shows you just that for in him all things were created we are reminded of in Colossians 1 In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. You want to hold your life together? Then you need to grab a hold of the one who's holding it all together. And in this time of communion that we're going to move into now in just a few moments, we get to be reminded of what it is that we have been given in Jesus. And if you have called on his name and you believe in him and he's your Lord and your Savior, then we want to take this moment to reflect. Reflect on the new perspective that you can have. Reflect on what he is wanting to push out of your heart as he becomes your affection. Reflect on how much love you've been given and allow that to motivate you in the life that you are called to live. And all of that can be seen on that cross that he died on. And so if you've called on the name of Jesus, we would invite you into this time of communion in which there is a cracker that represents in that packet you received, that represents his body that was broken, the juice that represents his blood that has been shed. If you haven't received that, raise your hand. Our team will be happy to get you some communion, but we want to invite you into this time. Let's have a word of prayer and our team will continue to lead us in worship. Father, we are so grateful for all that we have in Christ. Lord, may the truth of your gospel be something that takes hold of our heart. And with that, Father, may we be able to turn this corner and to live out our faith in ways that truly make your gospel so irresistible to all of the world and to us. And we thank you for what you've given us in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 1030 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.